Perfect. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Her Drive Podcast. I'm super pumped for two reasons. Um, one, we have Vanessa here to talk all about her life, um, her business and her blog and all things travel, marketing, things like that, that we love to cover here at Her Drive Podcast. Additionally, as you can see, um, our faces are being shared today. So that's really cool to upgrade the the um, interview process. So you not only get to hear what we're talking about, but you can also watch us if you want. In addition to um, today's video, there's also new episodes up on her-drive.com, which are some video interviews that I've been working on and there's more that are dropping soon. So please go to the website and check them out as well. All right, without further ado, hi Vanessa. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my goodness, it's a pleasure to to connect with you. And I, we had a bit of trouble, everybody, um, <laughs> in the past for a myriad of reasons, but here we are, and I'm super excited. So, uh, Vanessa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let everyone know what you do and everything fun about you. Awesome. So, I'm Vanessa Ponce. I'm Peruvian. I was born and raised in Peru. I currently live in New York City, where I've been living here for the past 12 years. Um, and I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm also a hospitality and tourism marketing professional. That's really great. So, what was it that drew you into um, tourism? Well, I actually never wanted to work in hospitality and tourism. My family, I grew up in that environment. My parents had a hotel, well, still have a, an airport hotel in Lima. And my mom opened up a tour operator company based in Lima and doing tours throughout Peru. And while I was growing up in that environment, I was like, oh, I, don't, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be related to this. I want to do my own thing. That was one of the reasons why I moved to New York City. Mm-hmm. I came to pursue my marketing career and I work in an advertising agency. And I was happy. I thought that that's what I really wanted to do. Uh, I love marketing. And I thought me working in an advertising agency was the my goal in life. Uh, I think I watched too much TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, an advertising agency in New York City. Uh, but then uh, my mom one time approached me. I was going through a rough time. I was separating from my former partner. And, and she was like, don't you want to come and work with me? And I was like, in tourism, I don't know anything about tourism. As a matter of fact, I feel like I didn't know much about tourism from Peru, only like the basic, which was Cusco and Machu Picchu. And and she was like, yeah, you should work with me because you you know marketing and you could help me uh, get the companies out there. And you speak English, so you could come with me to trade shows to represent the business because we do a lot of B2B. And I was like, okay, let me try it. So I joined her for a couple of trade shows and then I started to like it. And, and then I just learned, like she told me all about it. She told me about oh, the business, about the industry, how to pitch products. She told me all about the tourism products in Peru. And I just fell in love with it. And to me, it was very special to work in tourism because it felt like I reconnected with my identity. Mm-hmm. I feel when I moved to New York City, I didn't appreciate my Peruvian culture, my Peruvian identity, and that's something that I developed when once I was out of Peru. That appreciation actually grew when I was here in New York City. It took me so many years of my life to actually go into that journey, and the fact that I work in tourism kind of pushed it even more because I really learned about my country. 
Mm, I think that's really beautiful. And I can definitely relate to the second part where you were saying you didn't really connect with your Peruvian identity until moving away and then reconnecting with your mom and helping her with her business. Um, Because my former job was working as a travel director. And we talked about this before, but what I was doing was taking people on vacations in the United States and other countries. And um, I had to learn so much American history, learn so many facts about these various locations. And and when I was traveling abroad and seeing the, the amazingness of the world, I really started to connect the dots between history around the world and then really develop an appreciation for my home country, which I was totally taking advantage of the greatness of it, I think. Right. Um, so last year when the world kind of came to a close, my boyfriend and I built out a camper van, which was one of my dreams come true. And then we flew off on a road trip and it was really fun for me to, to have him there with me and introduce him to a lot of places in the country that he hadn't been, he hadn't visited just yet. And even though he's a world traveler and has been a a lot of places in the U S he even developed right in front of me, this greater appreciation for the country as a whole. Um, and I just thought, wow, this is so cool to see this happen so naturally. So, um, I really appreciate that you've connected with, um, with your home country. And I'm sure, you know, so much more now about Peru than even the average Peruvian who's, who's still living there. A hundred (laughs) percent. Very cool. So you have, um, you have a travel blog, is that correct? Well, I do have a blog. Uh, when I moved to New York, one of the things that I felt while I was in my journey of reconnecting with myself and what I like and what not, uh, I rediscovered my passion for writing. And uh, I used to write a lot when I was in Peru, especially poems and things like that in Spanish. And when I moved here, um, I went to, um, it was an event for bloggers in, in Miami. And it was mostly for uh, Spanish-speaking um, bloggers. And, and one of the things that I learned there is like blogging was a way to express yourself. Mm-hmm. This was like in 2010 or 11, when blogging was just starting or it wasn't like what it is now. And, and I created my brand and I was like, well, who I, who I am? Like, I don't know what should my blog uh, be called. And I'm like, well, I'm Peruvian. I'm a, I'm a Peruvian chica that lives in New York City. So let me project Peruvian chicken in NYC. And then I just started to blog about my experience living in New York City. Uh, but somehow that uh, my blog transitioned into a resource place for people who were Peruvian. They, they, they found me online. They were, oh, you're Peruvian. I'm Peruvian too. And then kind of became a place where people could get resources about uh, coming to New York City uh, or like my world travel experiences because since I work in tourism, I before COVID, I used to travel a lot. Uh, I travel all over the world and and I wanted to just share my passion and, and my daily life and my experiences and my adventures around the world and in New York. That's really cool. Are, are you still are you still using or providing that resource to people? Yes, I think now I'm focusing more into uh, resources here in New York, mostly than other places, of course, because I haven't traveled. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just try to to create like a hub for the community, especially Peruvians. I feel that our community is growing a lot in New York City. There's a lot more people active and wanting to connect with that, their identity. And I want to just serve as somebody that could 
help them with any resource they may need. Like, especially throughout the pandemic, I was trying to put word out there if they needed help in like for food and for, for any type of uh, service that they may need uh, during those hard times. That's great. So um, looking and talking about uh, COVID, how are things going with, with your family's business? Is it starting to tick back up or, or how are you dealing well, last year was super challenging. Uh, it was looking into be a great year for us. We had more than six groups booked for the Inca Trail because one of our specializations is the Inca Trail. We work, we work closely with the community, the rural communities throughout the Inca Trail. Uh, and we pride ourselves of like hiring local people and making sure that they have jobs to provide for their families. And we work really hard to to sell those uh, tours and those experiences. And then when COVID happened, everything had to be put a halt. And my mom and I, and I think it was hard for me, but I think it was harder for my mom. I mean, she's been in the business 25 years. And for her to be put, putting her company at hold, like we pushed really hard to try to maintain that company alive the first three, four months. But then it wasn't suitable anymore. I mean, we didn't make any money. Everything was paused. Uh, Peru closed the borders. So it was a very, very hard time for us. We had to put the company at hold. Uh, we had to let go people. And that, I think that was the toughest part to do. There was a point where we weren't paying ourselves. We were just paying them like for not to lay them off. But when we didn't have any income, we just had to do it. And that was really hard. And my mom was really upset because she she loves tourism. Like, she lives for this industry. And and seeing her sad, I, I, I was thinking, oh, my God, if I put all my work for 25 years and then letting my company go, it must be something that that is super traumatic, I think. And in that time, we did we had to put the companies and hold the hotel as well, obviously. And we ended up creating this business with my sister, who is a chef. We were like, okay, we cannot take people to Peru, but how can we bring New Yorkers to Peru? Mm -hmm. Like the Peruvian experience. And I think nothing better than through food. And we created out the first Peruvian ghost kitchen in New York City. It's called Coyas, which is in Quechua language, and it means queen. Mm. And and because my mom is our queen, we would call each other queens. Uh, we, we thought that was a suitable name for for the business. And we just have uh, been taking people through all culinary journeys through our food. We focus in very traditional food, and and we're happy with that. And now that is uh, walking by itself, like we we getting a lot of attention. People are loving the food, the experience. And now, luckily, we are seeing people interested in traveling again. Uh, thank God, like, things are kind of getting better. Not everywhere, obviously, uh, but at least in the U.S., uh, we've seen a lot of uh, people interested in going to South America, especially because it's cheaper in terms of flights. And we, uh, we're, I'm happy to announce that we are back in track. We have had our first three clients arrive mm. to Peru last month. Uh, we are seeking to host a group. Uh, next month uh, as well so we're happy we're happy we are very conscious as well in regards of uh, making people be very responsible when they travel to wear their masks uh, to if they can to have the vaccine uh, to take the the pcr test before arrival just to make sure that we're also protecting the locals mm -hmm. oh that's fantastic well tell me um a bit more about uh is that is that the oh, name? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 Tell me a bit more about like 
you, you touched on, okay, what can we do? We can bring, bring this experience. But um, I guess what I'm searching for is it seems like they're, the ladies in your family are very entrepreneurial. So I'm just curious, like, where did that first develop? And then how did the fire grow from like a little flame to we're making this happen? And oh, now it's happening. That sounds so fascinating to me. Yeah, well, my mom, I think my mom is a source of inspiration. She's been an entrepreneur since in her 20s, early 20s. Uh, she always knew she wanted to be independent. Uh, she worked really hard at a young age. And then she basically saved all her money along with my dad. And they started their hospitality businesses. When they separated, my mom continued to be in the industry. My dad went in another route. And we just admire my mom for being such a hardworking woman. Uh, I mean, her discipline, her passion, her commitment to her dreams and goals is something that I think it really inspired my sister and I. That's why my sister also, when she finished uh, school, she uh, created her own business. She became an event planner. Uh, she, she worked really hard in the F&B uh, industry. Uh, she had her business in Peru. She ended up moving to New York City uh, two years ago. And when she came here, I knew she wanted to do something on her own. Um, and that's something that we were discussing since since she arrived. Let's do something. Let's do something together. We opened up Koyas as a catering service because she already had experience on that. Uh, but what really pushes to put Koyas out there to create an actual tangible uh, business, it was because of the pandemic. And I think it kind of make us be united as a team to kind of leverage everybody's expertise and knowledge. Each each of us do, does their own thing. Uh, and we have a lot of respect for that and appreciation. And we just want to create something that creates legacy for us. I think my mom has created such a legacy in our family that my sister and I want to replicate that. My sister has children. I don't have children yet. But I think that is something that we want to leave for our generations, whether they join the business or not. I think it's, uh, we want them to look at us and be like, okay, they never quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went through the pandemic. They had to put their business at hold. They ended up revamping themselves and they created a new business and they can just, they just kept going. When we first opened Koyas, the first week after the ghost kitchen, we got COVID, the three of us. Oh no. We had to shut it down. Like, can you imagine like opening your brand new business and then you get COVID and it, we like were in such a distress because we invested so much money and we just had to close. Obviously we couldn't be serving food if we had COVID and we had to wait for over three weeks to get back on track. And then when we got back on track, the kitchen where we were operating for closed. So we had to look for another kitchen. Wait, why did it close? Well, it, we we were working at a hotel and they ended up de- doing a buyout. Hmm. So we had no control over that. So we, we, I'm happy that we found a new location where we are right now established, where we are in the works of perhaps creating a bigger business opportunity for us. Luckily, if that happens, I'm willing to share that with you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, and it was a lot of challenge, trust, like challenge after challenge. And, and many people were like, oh my God, you just should give up, just find a job. And, and, and my mom was like, no, we're yeah. not quitting. Mm-hmm. Like we have to do this. Like if there's a reason why we're here and there's a purpose behind this, and we just kept going and look, and we're here now. We're here with running our ghost kitchen. 
and doing our thing, working hard to make it happen. And I think uh, it's been like a very growing and learning experience. And I think it's, it's going to continue to be so. Yeah, there seems to be a bright, positive light that's um, that's following you all. And it also speaks to the greater picture of not giving up. Like when a person knows what they want and they're steadfast in their goals, you can always find a way to embrace the pivot, so to speak. And mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited to see what things turn into for you ladies. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm excited too. <laughs> so in those moments when, whenever you know, you're sick, uh, all three of you were sick, the kitchen closed, other people were telling you you should just give up. Was there a particular like phrase or mantra or something that the three of you were saying to each other to to encourage each other to keep going? I think my mom told us one time, I didn't raise my daughters to just give up. Mm-hmm. Like purpose is a big thing for us. And we always talk about purpose. What is our purpose in this world? And we we now say right now our purpose is to inspire other women, immigrant mm-hmm. women like us, Latina women that came to this country for a dream. And many people forget that along the way, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, your city is a fast-paced city. Uh, money comes into play a lot. And sometimes people just see money and forget why they move here for Many people move here to provide for their families, obviously, but there are other people who also move here because, I don't know, they wanted to open their salon or they wanted to open the restaurant and then they just get afraid mm-hmm. and fear paralyzes you. Yeah. And and my mom, and I think if it would have been by myself, I think I would have been paralyzed. But I think the fact that I have my mom and my sister that really, I think we push each other when, when somebody is like, Falling down, we come right back to support each other and bring each other up. But definitely not giving up, not giving up uh, and remembering our purpose was something that we always had in the back of our heads. That's so beautiful. So you're saying like regularly you talk about purpose with your your mom and your sister. Yes. That's really fantastic. (laughs) I'm making a note of that. I'm like, I need to incorporate that because I think about purpose quite often and I very clearly feel when I'm not living within my purpose or I'm focusing on something else that's supporting my life in some ways, but I don't feel like it's my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, it's could be a very great thing. And I remember being like searching, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? What is it? And then once I found like, Oh, this is my purpose in life. There were all these other little micro purposes. And I think that they all really connect to a person's core values and know what your core values are it really helps you to understand in what ways you can serve from that space and live with a purpose of some sort yes i think service is one thing that people should always think about and sometimes we tend to think about individuals ourselves only Mm -hmm. but i do believe uh that we are here for a greater purpose. And I think some of the greater purpose is to impact it, like all the people's lives in some mm-hmm. way or the other, and always positively, of course. And if that could be because you bring resources or you bring inspiration or you motivate people or whatever you do, as long as it's serving to somebody, I think that's, that's, that's amazing. Absolutely. So do you have, um, like a daily ritual or, or something that you do almost each day, weekly, monthly, that kind of keeps you in alignment? 
Yes, I well, I work out. I try to work out at least four times a week. I think uh, something that I really need, especially because I'm sitting down all day in front of my laptop. Um, but I also meditate. Uh, I do meditation at least three times a week. I, I want to, to become a practice that I do daily because I know when I do that, it really grounds me. I do a lot of journaling. Uh, that's something that I, I at least I do 30 minutes uh, a day. And gratitude. Mm. I always do gratitude. Um, I have a gratitude journal. Even if I'm running out of the door, I'm like, no, I need to do this. And I like, and I, I think what I'm grateful for, just to, for being awake, I should be grateful for that. It's mm-hmm. another day. It's another mm-hmm. opportunity of life. Um, that's something that I try to do. I try to really connect with myself because like what you were talking about balance right now, uh, you could feel when you're out of balance, like mm-hmm. when you're walking away from your purpose, when you are doing things that, that don't really serve you for a greater reason. I feel it in my body, in my mind. And, and when I practice all those things that I just mentioned, I feel like, okay, I'm grounding myself. This is where I, what I need to do to keep myself focused. Mm, that's really nice. So when you're, when you're journaling, not your gratitude journal, but in your other journal, um, is there a certain structure that you have or you just kind of write what's happening? Well, sometimes uh, if I have a lot of my head, I just write away. Or if I have, if I'm encountering a certain situation that is making me feel uneasy, I just write about that. It's like talking to myself. It's like writing a letter to myself. But other times I do, I'm part of a membership that a friend rolled out that uh, we meet um, three times a week. And and she gives us like bundles of questions to journal about uh, with a specific concepts a week. So that's something that really also serves me in directions of, oh, I, I never journaled about this. I never reflected about this, about myself. And, and that's something I, lo- I like to. That's lovely. So when you look at like the roller coaster of your life so far, what have been some of the most empowering moments looking back? Empowering. Well, I think the biggest moment was when I moved to New York City. I think if I, I don't think I would have been the person I am today if I would have stayed home. Not because home represents any, anything negative, just because here I think I had the opportunity to evolve. Uh, I was here by myself. I moved here without my family. I came here on my own to study, to finish school. And, and that really built me up. I think I created my independency. I, I, I learned to be stronger. I learned to face things that I didn't like that made me feel uncomfortable just by speaking English. I remember when I was in school, I didn't speak. I didn't want to speak English and I had to. <laughs> and that was one of the main things. And then the other things I think is just uh, my professional accomplishments. The fact that I graduated from my bachelor's, I did my master's. I, I finished my master's like last year when the pandemic started. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of, a lot of work. Um, but I, I graduated magna cum laude is something that I said, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I made it happen. Uh, and, and creating my family, I think that that will be the last empowering thing. Uh, my husband, uh, having my whole family together now here in New York City, my father and my mom, even they're divorced, they get really well together, like they're friends. 
Uh, and to me, looking at my table on a Sunday, which reminds me a lot of home because on Sundays we, it was family day, having our family days with my sister, her, her children, and just looking all around me, my mother-in-law, my dog, it just, I'm like, okay, this is what life is about. I mean, this is what I'm creating and, and it makes me happy. That's so beautiful. So you mentioned like looking forward, like the, the, the last or the greatest accomplishment would be creating your family. Um, which is ultimately so beautiful and amazing, but from a, um, a personal and then a professional level, um, outside of that, it, are there, what else do you see coming, coming up? Uh, I've been thinking about that when I was on my way here. Uh, and I was like, where do I see myself next? And I love what I do. I love marketing. It's a passion for me. Um, especially when it has to do with tourism and hospitality businesses, uh, I'm bringing all my knowledge and my passion to my business, but for the future, I do want to create my own business where I could do the same for others, for small businesses, like, like my business for people who especially are, um, immigrants like me, or especially women led businesses where I could guide them and, and provide my experience and my knowledge for them to thrive. That's beautiful. Absolutely. I'm sure that will be coming to fruition more sooner than you know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, I feel like I've asked a lot of questions. You've been so amazing with, with sharing your story. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Well, I think I, I'm just going to put it out there. Um, I became a mentor uh, last year during the pandemic while I was trying to figure out what was going to happen next when we close our tourism businesses uh, for a bit. Um, and one of the things that I did when I was doing my master's, I was a mentor because I got a scholarship at NYU. Uh, and, and then I became part of this um, it's a program that they have, it's called Aspire. And this program uh, helps uh, high schoolers from unprivileged areas in New York City to advance in education, to go to college. So I was able to mentor three beautiful uh, young ladies who are now in college, and I'm very proud of them. And, and that really motivated me to, it made me see that's something I also wanted to do. To, like, I feel like my thing has become a resource. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why that's mm-hmm. my thing. Um, and, and I would like to also, another of my dreams is to mentor uh, young kids, uh, into seeing opportunities in life and to become better people and through education, through opportunities, and hopefully one day provide those opportunities for them, uh, especially immigrant kids. Like that's mm-hmm. my goal. Mm-hmm. Oh my, well, I think being in New York, having your experience, having that passion certainly has you in alignment to do just that. Um, yeah. So I guess just, I have just one last question. I, I ask everyone this. Um, what are you uh, tooting your horn about? What are you celebrating right now? Uh, I'm celebrating, I think, just being alive. Mm. Uh, when I had COVID and I'm asthmatic, I was very scared. I actually was telling this to my brother last night, my whole experience with COVID. And and when I when they told me you have COVID, the first thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to die because mm. I'm asthmatic. And I always suffer from asthma since I was young kid and and then that really made me appreciate my life and 
although I didn't, thank God, battle much with respiratory issues through COVID, I did suffer from a lot of anxiety. And I had insomnia. I couldn't sleep. Uh, I, I met all the people who, who went through the same symptoms, and it was for a whole week. And just being able to to be able to sleep at night, to don't feel the anxiety because anxiety is super bad, um, makes me feel grateful. It makes me feel that I need to celebrate and embrace a new day each day. I mean, we sometimes tend to forget that waking up is something that granted that, oh yeah, I woke up, I'm, I'm alive, I'm good. We don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And just being awake, being alive, having the whole physical and mental faculties to carry on your day should be something that you celebrate every single day. Absolutely. Yeah, this morning I woke up and I was a little bit like groggy and gray and feeling a little grumpy. Um, But I love the mornings when I wake up. I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm so excited to see how this day unfolds. It's going to be amazing. And thanks to you, Vanessa, this morning has now kind of flipped um, to the sunnier side of life. So thank you very much for sharing a bit about your story your family, um, your goals, your purpose. It's all super beautiful. And um, just so everyone can can locate you when they hear or see this, um, can you let us know what's the best way to find you online? Uh, Instagram at Peruvian Chicken NYC. Uh, you can also find me on my uh, website, which is PeruvianChickenNYC.com. And you can also follow Koyas, Q-O-Y-A-S-N-Y-C. Uh, we're on Instagram. We have our own um, website. You can order our food whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also in different um, apps uh, for deliveries, like Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash, GrabHub, all of those. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time. I'm going to tell all of my friends in New York to look out for you all and order thank some you. food. And whenever I get there, which will hopefully hopefully be soon, I will. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm through yet, but I love Peruvian food, so it'll be perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, don't hang up. Just I'm going to stop recording. Okay, perfect. Maybe.